Hi, everyone. I'm Cindy Stewart, and welcome to my podcast. Each week, we will talk about how to live our lives in God's fullness. My goal is to encourage, equip, and empower you. I have included show notes that highlight the points of this message. You can also find all the information on my website, cindy-stewart.com. I am so excited about sharing this journey with you. So let's begin. The Lord gave me a word to share, and we're going to do some ministry afterwards. Um, How many have you ever groaned before? Okay, let me hear your groan. Gosh, y'all are wimpy groaners. (laughs) Those are like groans when you have to stand in line at the grocery store. Oh, But what is it when you're groaning for something? You're groaning for that breakthrough. That's the groan I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. I don't hear anything. Come on. There we go. I love interactive preaching. Well, I just, you know, it's so funny. I was telling the Lord um, what we were going to talk about tonight, and he is like, that is so good. That's so good. And then he said, start reading Romans 8. I'm like, awesome. So I'm reading it, and he says, that is what we're going to talk about tonight. So I'm going to talk about Romans 8, and we're just going to talk about it for a few minutes because there has been a groaning that has happened on the earth. We've been through a season of groaning, and I'm not talking about just these last couple of months. I'm talking about the last couple of years. There has been groaning on the earth. So I want to talk about that a little bit. We're going to go to Romans 8. because God has us all groaning whether we recognize it or not. And when Matt started giving that word, though he scared me to death, could you tell? When I'm in my zone and somebody comes and taps me on the shoulder, it usually scares the bejeebies out of me. And he said, it's an audible voice from God. I'm like, <laughs> it might as well been because I just about jumped out of my skin. But, um, yeah, when God, God, we have been groaning. The earth has been groaning. And that's what I want to talk about. The earth groaning, the believers groaning, and the Holy Spirit groaning. And Jean talked about a little bit this last Sunday, so you can listen to it online if you want to listen to it, about the kind of the reemergence of this uh, travailing intercession. And I just want to take it a little step further. But we're going to start in um, Romans 8.19. why I keep passing it up. My pages are stuck together. Probably because I've been drooling on it a little bit. 819. So it says, for even the whole creation, all nature waits eagerly for the children of God to be revealed. And as I was praying and just saying, God, the earth is groaning. All creation is groaning. I was thinking about in Genesis 3, how when uh, Adam and Eve turned from God, turned in that disobedience, and, and God had to shed blood to cover their nakedness. The blood soaked into the earth, and the earth began to groan. The earth is looking for the people of God to rise up and find their identity. 
The earth is groaning for us to rise up and take our place. You know, the earth produces when the people of God are obedient. That's what it says. It says in Deuteronomy, it says in Leviticus, it says all through Scripture, when the people of God are obedient, the earth produces. The harvest is full. And the earth is groaning. All creation is groaning for us to stand up, to rise up and be the people that God has called us to be. To, to have our identity. You know, Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that eternity has been set in our hearts. So, so we have it within us to connect to who we are in Christ. We have it within us to be birthed in who we are in Christ. So the earth is groaning for us. Creation is groaning. And there's so much to that. But I don't want to spend tons of time on that. I'm just going to read one other little scripture. It says, um, it's out of Jeremiah 12:11. It says, They have made it a wasteland, desolate. It mourns before me. The whole land has been made a wasteland because no man takes it to heart. No man takes it to heart. Beeping. Uh, yeah, so um, the earth is looking for us to take it to heart. What Christ has called us to do. The earth is looking for us to take it to heart. Um, in, in the Passion Translation, it says the entire universe is standing on its tiptoe. Remember standing on your tiptoes? This is the Passion Translation. Standing on its tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. I mean, just even having a picture of that, all of creation. Think of the trees out there standing on its tiptoes, just waiting for you to rise up in the glory, the, the, the glorious and splendor of the Lord on you. That's, that's where we are. We have been groaning. Everybody has been groaning. Um, in verse 23, it says, and not only this, but we too, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, a joyful indication of the blessings to come, even we groan inwardly. We groan inwardly. We wait eagerly for the sign of our adoption as sons, the redemption and transformation of our body at the resurrection. You know, we are groaning for the fullness, the final consummation of what the, the seal that's been put on us by the Holy Spirit. We are groaning for that. And as we live on this earth, as we live uh, what I call bilocational, we live in heavenly places hidden in Christ while we live on this earth bringing the kingdom forward. As we live in this duality of in him in this world, we are groaning for the fullness of God to capture this earth so we can live the way God has created us to be. Yeah. You know, we see what's going on in the world around us and at times we feel totally helpless. But we see the greatness, the splendor, the glory of God, the, 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 the God of the impossible. He can do things that, that no one else can do. And it makes us wash over the pains of the world with the glory of who he is. 
it enables us to be able to push past the chaos and the confusion and the disappointment and the pain and, and all of these things that we're seeing to push past it because we know as we push through, it is the power of the Holy Spirit that gets us there. It is the power of the Spirit that gets us there. You know, I was um, thinking about when we groan, and you even said the scripture earlier, when we groan, God hears. And when we groan, it brings breakthrough. Our groaning brings breakthrough. Even the scripture out of um, Exodus, you were talking about that the, the Egyptian king had died and the Israelites groaned because of their difficult labor. And they cried out and their cry helped ascended to God because of their difficult labor. When we groan, it's like God puts his arms around our groan. He hears our groan, and he moves on our behalf, on behalf of our groans, on behalf of our crying out. And you know, in this, really the last two years especially, there has been such a groaning for holiness. There's been such a groaning for repentance. God, just, just check me all over cause my heart to break for you cause all the things that i've done against you to become a, a, a thing of the past cleanse me change me and then we began groaning for the church god take your people the people that you call yours the people that declare you are theirs and cleanse them there has been a groaning over the last two years where we have cried out god wherever we have taken your glory wherever we have built a platform wherever we have you know turned against one another god heal us and god has answered that there has been a sweeping washing cleansing of the body of christ is it to perfection absolutely not We'll get there one day when Jesus comes back, right? <laughs> but there has been this hunger inside of us, this, this uh, dissatisfaction with the way things are. We have wanted the purity of God to be in the midst of us. And we have seen this sweeping move of God across us to transform us, to purify us, to remove us. When we're in the wrong place, when we're leading with the wrong heart, we've seen a lot of leaders moved because God is answering our groan. He's answering the cry of our heart, and he's bringing breakthrough for us, the church. We are the breakthrough. You know, I know growing up, in, I was always taught that you separate yourself from the world. I was always taught, you know, you don't hang around with anyone that doesn't think like you. Well, honestly, we know that we wouldn't hang around with half the people in the church if we everybody had. God is not looking for conformity. He's looking for unity. And he's looking for unity in the spirit, not in the flesh. But over these last, really, 10 years, that, that shift has happened where we've been reminded that we are to be positioned 
in the anointing God's called us in whatever business, home, school, whatever it is, in order to take the land for God, to capture the hearts for God, to shift what is evil to good, to be the atmosphere changers So that the presence of God is carried everywhere we go. And you know, it's interesting because what's happening right now is there's not only a shift. You know, we went through this whole thing of learning to carry the atmosphere and all that. But now there's a shift that has a grace of confrontation on it. And when we hear the word confrontation, we think of someone face-to-face screaming at each other. That's usually what we think. But there is a grace to be able to confront what is not right and there is a a a tenderness of receptivity in that in that conversation and that is an answer to the groan that we've cried out for how do i reach my neighbor how do i reach the person that i'm working for how how do i settle this dispute between one and another god has given us this grace out of the holiness we've been pursuing, out of the righteousness that we've been pursuing, out of the turning of our heart to have his motive, not ours, to have a motive of the spirit, not a motive of the flesh. And all of this is happening because we've groaned, we've cried out, we've declared, we've said that, you know what, God? We're not going to stand for this anymore. We've got to have you covering the earth. We've got to have you covering our schools. We've got to have you covering everything. Uh, I was on a board for a while, for a couple of years. And, you know, one of the things that they did is, and it was, it was the coolest thing. They're in Hillsborough County, and um, they, they had the worst middle school over there in the entire county. The police were called basically, I think, 32 times in one year where they physically had to come to the school. And so a person knew a person within the school, and they said, can we come in and pray? And they said, you can come in. You have to come before the kids come. You have to leave before the teachers come. And you can't talk to anyone. You can't touch anyone, but you can pray. Once a week on Mondays for one hour, they went. Our team went. So within six months, that all shifted. Within six months, the most troubled child become the, became the cheerleader for all the other students. Asking, why weren't you at school? Did you get that project done? You know, became like the hall monitor for, for the school. And the the principal wrote us a letter and said, for the first time in 10 years, I am able to wear a dress to school because I'm not breaking up fights every day. That came from one hour, their rules, and God's way. And and then uh, I think the police went from, you know, from, I think they came twice in those six months' time. But just think about that. We had four people that every Monday, Monday cried out and groaned for those kids. 
And that one hour once a week completely transformed that middle school. And then after that, we were invited to become part of a transformation of the largest low-income housing project in Tampa. Part of the, um, they, they got a grant to transform it. And, and so just think about that. One hour, once a week, four people got an invitation to the city government to transform the largest housing project. Think about it. But it, it's come from, you know, we think the only way that we can make a change is if we knock on their door and say, you believe in Jesus? If you don't believe in Jesus, you need to burn now. You need to turn now or you're going to burn then, you know. But what God does is he's like, I know their heart. I want that school changed. There's teachers groaning that don't even know me. And I hear that groan. And I'm going to send four people with no agenda just a heart to pray, a heart to protect these kids. And I am going to change the whole dynamic of not only that school, but that county. That's what's happening now. And yes, we see all the bad stuff, and that's all we see if we watch the news. So my advice to you is don't watch the news. <laughs> Just get the feeders every once in a while. But, uh, but, you know, we see because the enemy wants us to be molded to think there is no hope, there is no God. But God has taught us that we are the transformers for everything that's going on out there. And we see, right now, we see the answer to the prayers and the cries and, and the uh, declarations that we've done. We are seeing it across our nation. We see it. We see it. And, uh, you know, we've got lists of things that have been answered, you know, prayer after prayer, government movements, this type of thing. Pasco County has their own um, task force that is specifically geared toward um, making sure that the sex trade does not continue in Pasco County. They even had a law passed that once a place was shut down, another one couldn't open. They would not issue another license. And they have it down to 13 businesses right now. And you know how they end up getting them? Is they fine them. They fine them out of business. Because they have to have, you know, they have a lot of regulations through this task force of what they've passed, but they have to have certain posters on the wall, and they have to be a certain height, and they have to be in certain locations. And when they go in to do their surprise inspections, if they're not there, it's 25000 it's 40000 it's a, you know, they fine them out of business. So, so think about the, the, the wonder of God in the strategy that we're in, in the way that he's answering us in this season. It's so powerful. I mean, there's, I know you guys all have a thousand different testimonies too because, because we are the children of God and we have risen up to our identity. We have cried out to be transformed into the image of God. We have gone through this process of 
cleansing and, and resetting and, and understanding what God has called us to. And we are changing. We are transforming the world around us. We are transformers. And it comes from this deep, deep cry inside of us for transformation. Because we don't want to live the way the world lives. We want to live the way God has given us the ability to live through the Holy Spirit, through the power of the Spirit. Um, let me just read one other scripture here too. Verse 26, it says, In the same way the Spirit comes to us and helps us in our weakness. When we do not know what to pray, to offer, or to how to offer, it is, no. Yeah, offer it as we should, but the Spirit himself knows our need at the right time, intercedes on our behalf with signs and groans too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because the Spirit intercedes before God on behalf of God's people in accordance with God's will. I mean, just think of that. I mean, when you think about that, we have this succession of groaning. And the Holy Spirit is groaning with us. He's making intercession before the Father on our behalf. He is, he is before the Father. You know, you know when you get in those deep places of prayer and you just feel it coming out of you? You can just feel. It's almost like it, it's so intense. It's like doing an ab exercise. You know what those are like? It's so intense. It's almost painful. You know, it's so intense. The Holy Spirit is, has that intercession, that groan with us. And with that groan comes breakthrough. There's nothing else. God answers our groan. And I was, uh, as we were thinking about Pentecost, I was thinking about, you know, them being in the upper room. I'm just going to read a couple of scriptures out of Acts 5. But them being in the upper room. And, and here they are. What does it say? They are praying. They are united together. They're all as one, seeking after what is to come next. That's what we've been doing. We've been seeking after what is to come next. We've gone through a cleansing of believers. And we've been seeking after what has come next. And through this coronavirus, it's given us a lot of time to seek. It's, it really has. It's given us a lot of time to seek. It's given us a lot of time to think. It's given us a lot of time to process. What is it we want, God? What are we doing here? What is it you want from us? How can we take care of what's happening to us? And he's given us strategies for that. So part of what's happened in this season is we've become unified. We have become unified in a way uh, that I don't think we've seen in, in many, many years, at least as, as long as I can remember. We've become unified. Like I said, we're not uh, all compliant to one another. There's not a consensus. There's a unification with anointings and giftings that blend in with that. So we're, we're not all the same. But we're unified in the spirit. 
And in Acts 5, I just want to talk about this for a minute because I, I feel like this is important for us to understand in this season. And then we're just going to do a little ministry time. But um, Acts 5, when he was talking about Ananias and Sapphira, you know, they decided that they would hide the truth. And the Holy Spirit told Peter what the truth was. And as he confronted each of them, they died. That makes you real excited, doesn't it? <laughs> but think about it. As we have been confronted by the Holy Spirit, we have died to those things that didn't align with him. We have seen the lies within us, and he has spotlighted it. And what I love about the scripture, it says that um, when the church saw what happened, verse 11 says, a great fear and awe gripped the whole church and all who heard of these things. That's where I think we are. I think we're in the great fear and awe of the Lord. And there's more to come. I, I feel like we're just on the, just the beginning edge of it, but I feel like we're in this great fear and awe of the Lord. And in that great fear and awe of the Lord, there was unity. When we recognize the mightiness, the greatness of God, when we understand how to not only engage with him, but also tremble at his very word, at his very presence, it brings unity. It brings unity to us. God is so good to us. I don't know about you guys, but um, really over this last season, I've had tons of dreams, visions, revelations from the Lord. You know, sometimes where he's just giving you so much, you're like, I don't even know what to do with all that I have. You know, I wrote it all down. I know some of you have too, uh, but I feel like God is, whoever wants it, God wants to give it. It is a season of revelation because you know that when we get dreams and visions and revelation, when the word comes alive off the page, when all of a sudden we understand that this scripture is just screaming, release me, you know, take me in and release me out. So I can do, you know, the word says in, in Jeremiah, it says that God is, is waiting and watching to fulfill his word. He's waiting and watching on us. I think it's Jeremiah one twelve to fulfill his word. So we are consuming his word. We're releasing his word and God is fulfilling his word in this season right now. And I don't believe it's one thing or this thing or that thing. I think it's everything. You know, when you read through Acts 5, when you read through Acts just in general, Peter, Paul, Philip, Stephen, whoever it was, they didn't go out saying, I'm going to do one thing today. They went out at the unction of the Holy Spirit and they did whatever was necessary. Whether they served the widows, whether they stood by the eunuchs, carriage whether they walked by all the sick people so their shadow would heal whether they laid hands on them and baptized them in the Holy Spirit or baptized them in water or rebuked them for not listening 
it wasn't, I'm going to do just this one thing. It was, I'm going to do whatever the Holy Spirit tells me to do. And whatever that looks like, that's what I'm going to do. And that is the season that God has taken us, dunked us into, pulled us out of, and is putting us forward. We are facilitators of whatever God wants to do. We are facilitators. You know, I was uh, telling somebody the other day, my daughter just had a baby. All my people know that. They see a thousand pictures every Sunday. So, But uh, I've cooked more than I've cooked my poor husband. I cook for her, and he's like, is any of that for me? No. <laughs> but what's so funny, uh, you know, I'm cooking. I was cooking the other day, and there was just this quick thought, it's done. But the timer hadn't gone off. So I, I, went, I knew it was the Holy Spirit. I went, I checked. Yes, it was done. If I would have left it in the extra five minutes, it would have burned on the edges. I, this morning, I was sitting there doing some work, and I just felt like, call them right now. I picked up the phone. I called them right now. I got a hold of them, no problem. But I knew it was the Holy Spirit. And I, God is trying to teach us that, that oneness. We sang that in that song. It's, it's the unity of, of being with him. And whether it's, he doesn't want your quiche to burn or he doesn't want your neighbor to burn. It's all the same. It's just a response to the spirit. Whatever you want, that's what I'll do. Whatever it takes, that's what I've got. So it, it doesn't matter. He cares as much about my daughter's quiche as he does about my neighbor next door. Because I'd have to spend another hour making dough and redoing the whole quiche, you know. But think about this. That's the kind of saturation we're living in right now. It is that outpouring of the Holy Spirit that is dynamically changing the world around us. Everybody. And you think, oh, well, I don't really do anything. Oh, yeah, you do. As soon as you move, as the Spirit tells you to move, there's like a reverberation of that all around you. So it, it makes a difference. And, and where, I wanna, where I'm going to land this at, and then we're going to pray, is that we're going to find resistance, right? And one of the greatest resistance will be within the church. And I know I just said the church is unified, but not everybody. Because there is definitely a remnant. And when Peter was preaching and healing with his shadow, which that was not his fault. How can you imagine walking down the street, everybody's sick and they're all getting healed? It's not my fault you're getting healed. You know, what was he? So he gets arrested. The angel of the Lord comes and gets him out of jail. He doesn't say, go hide in your, in your closet with your friends. As soon as he gets out of jail, he said, I want you to go back to the temple and preach. Doesn't matter. I want you to go back. And so he did. And they, they, they challenged him. They said, we told you. Verse 20, it says, go stand and continue to tell the people in the temple the whole message of this life, the eternal life revealed by Christ and found th through faith in him. So they went back and did it. But when the high priest found out, they're furious. They said, we told you not to, not to preach his name. And this is Peter's response to them. They said, we gave you strict orders. 
And Peter said, we must obey God rather than men. We have no other choice. We must obey God rather than men. In this season, there's a move of God that will not be stopped. It won't be stopped by anyone. That right now, we are in a sovereign move of God. There's a move of taking over mountains, government mountains, education mountains. There is a move of God happening right now, and it will not be stopped. And even at the end of Acts 5, it says, if this is a move of God, you won't be able to stop it. What it says if anything, you will be fighting against God. So understand, in this sovereign move of God, where there is a, a flooding of the Holy Spirit on his people, it will not be stopped. And if anything, whoever tries to stop it will literally be fighting against God himself. And anybody knows, if they're going to pick a fight with God, they are not going to win. So if anything, that should empower us. It should really empower us because we know we're in a sovereign mood, mood, move. We also know that there's harvest. I mean, it's happening right now. It's happening in people's home. You know, one of the top searches on Google is prayer. How do I pray? You know, uh, there was another statistic about people are really seeking, you know, who is God? Because they don't know what to do with what's happening in the world. So we know that there's a harvest in, in process right now. And that will not be stopped. And it is a sovereign timing, just like Pentecost being released. It was a sovereign time, and that's when it was going to happen. We also know that there is a great movement of signs, wonders, miracles, healings. We've got people that have been healed in their house. No one laid hand on them in their house. But the presence of God was so heavy. You know, there is a sovereign move of God in our government in our education, we have, we have people taking over Hollywood. There's a sovereign move of God that cannot be stopped. And that sovereign move of God is being facilitated by the people who are tender to his spirit. Who will say, yes, God. If you want me to go get the quiche out of the oven, I will. If you want me to go get my neighbor out of the ditch, I will. You pick, I'll do. You know, that's what he's looking for. He's looking for that. Those people... His people that have gone through this purification process that have a unified heart of the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven and are willing to do whatever God says regardless of what man says. That is where we are. That is the move of God that's happening right now. Amen? Amen. So we're going to do a little praying. We're going to do a little uh, ministering for a minute if y'all don't mind. Um, Jean, you want to come up? This is Pastor Jean Kate. <laughs> Did you have something right away? Yeah, we just want to pray and release this. Um, this Really, I just want to release the opening of the eyes for this move of God. I think we'll have a few prophetic words here too. And of course, if you need healing, we're glad to pray for healing too. Uh, I kept seeing a name, Joe. I don't know if there's a, uh, someone who's, you? Okay. I kept seeing Joe. Okay. So uh, does he need healing? Okay. So Lord, we just released healing over Joe right now. You, that was the name that kept 
being written across the sky of my brain. And so, Lord, uh, God, we just thank you that uh, Joe is whole. He is healed. Uh, Lord, I just feel like he needs a closeness to you that's been missing um, in his life. And so, Lord, I'm just asking you to visit him right now. Just let him feel uh, the wave of your presence across him now. And bring healing to his body in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Yeah, thank you, Lord. In worship this morning, tonight. You know, I, there was, I, I was sensing that, you know, there was so many references to fire, which uh, is referenced in Pentecost. But honestly, as I was praying and I felt that God was, you know, dealing with me, there was a consuming of some things in me. I, I felt the Lord was speaking to me about some things and showing me some things about my own heart. But the Lord spoke to me, says, I'm not just after your heart. I am bringing a corporate consuming to the church. I've got news for you. If you're going to hang around the body of Christ, you might, you might want to think long and hard about it. You know, it's, it's, it's said that, you know, in the, uh, e even in the early church, there were some that feared to come among them. There were the, even in the children of Israel, you know, there were those that, 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 that feared the children of Israel. And it wasn't because that the children of Israel were anything, I mean, they were special, but I mean, they, it wasn't anything about them. It was, it was the presence of God that moved with them. Especially when you see the presence of God in a cloud by day and, and a pillar of fire by night. But he said there's a, there, there is a corporate cleansing and a corporate consuming that is coming to the church. And I, and I just re reminded where it says, it says that the Lord is a, he is a consuming fire. And if we want more of God in our church, I've got news for you. It, it, it's, it's, he's not coming with goosebumps. He's not, he's not coming with, with, with just, uh, you know, a good service. He's coming with fire, and fire does what it does. Okay, it has its good side and it has its tough side, and and but there is a there is a consuming fire that I feel is is going to be is happening in the church right now because folks we need it in this nation. You know we we've seen we you know with the, with this with the recent. Uh, uh, thing that happened in Minneapolis with the uh, uh, with with the African American gentleman who who was uh, brutalized, and something I've noticed and I've been seeing I've, I've been seeing Caucasian white prophets and ministers now crying out with their black brothers for justice and racial reconciliation in this nation. But folks, it, it has to start in the church. It has to start in the church. And it's not just a black and white thing, folks. It's, 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 it's an ethnic thing all across the board. And, uh, I mean, Sunday morning is the most, is the, most uh, uh, the church is the most segregated uh, place in America on Sunday mornings. And you say, well, it's because of language. It's because of culture. The, the kingdom is bigger than language and culture. 
And I, and, and I, and I sense that there's, there is a new move of transformation. And it's like, as we were hearing uh, the, the word of the Lord, the, the Lord says, I remember. I believe the Lord also remembers the words that he gave to Dr. Martin Luther King. And I believe Dr. King stands amongst that great cloud of witnesses. And every time God looks around him and he sees that great cloud of witnesses, he remembers the prophetic words and the promises and the covenants that he made with his people of every race, of every nation, of every tribe, of every tongue. Yeah. You remember Pentecost was a gathering of nations. It was a gathering of ethnicities. It, and, and there was, and, and, and the miracle of tongues wasn't just as much that what was being said, it was what was being heard because everybody heard the wonderful works of God being declared in their own language. You see, the kingdom of God is bigger than cultures. It's, better, it's bigger than, than, than ethnicities. It's bigger than, than races. It's bigger than languages. The kingdom of God is a unifying thing that transcends differences. This is part of the consuming. I believe that there's a consuming fire that's about to erupt in this nation. But it's not, just going, to, it's not going to be the looting and burning of buildings. It's, it's not going to be rioting in the streets. But it's going to be the fire of the Holy Spirit that starts in, in the consumed heart. It spreads through the corporate church. It then goes into the marketplace. And so I, I, I just really just feel right now, I just I ask you to join me in prayer. There's a groaning in my heart for the church in this hour. Because it, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's going to be amazing if the church can survive what God's about to do. Because I really sense that the kingdom of God is advancing forcefully and violently in the church. I'm going to tell you guys, there's going to be some uncomfortable shifts, mm -hmm. hallelujah, that are starting to take place. Uncomfortable shifts that are starting to take place. It is happening in the pulpit. It's happening in this. It's, it's happening in every, every place. It's happening in every, every group, every camp, every stream. So, Father God, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that we remember Lord, that fire of Pentecost that was poured out, Lord, in that upper room. And Father, we even remember the words of John the Baptist where he said, there comes one after me whose shoes I'm not even worthy to unlatch. And he said, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And Lord God, I thank you, Father God, that the, the, this fire, which is the glory of God, which is the manifested presence of God, which is that all-consuming, all-transforming, all-permeating all, all power of the kingdom of God. Lord, I thank you, Father God, that in this hour is being released because there's been a groaning, Lord. Father God, there's been a groaning and a travail for the manifestation of the sons of God. And Lord God, I thank you, Father, that your kingdom is being manifested in your sons and daughters in this hour. God, and it is bringing oh, it is bringing forth a change and a transformation in the earth, Father God. In Jesus' 
Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father God, that the lines are being clearly drawn between the holy and the profane in this hour, Father God. And Lord God, that you're raising up a people that will choose, that will choose to follow the Lord with all their heart, that will choose to lay down their lives, Father God, that will choose, Father God, to lay down their agendas and their own aspirations and their own plans, Father God, and that they will take up their cross, Lord God, and they will go fully and wholeheartedly after the kingdom, Father. We thank you, Father, and I thank you, God, for the transformation and change that is happening in this nation, Father God. And Lord God, we declare, Father God, with our with, with our brothers and sisters of every ethnicity that this yeah, spirit Lord. of division yeah. and racial hatred over this nation right. must come down, must bow, must give way to the kingdom of God, must give way to righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, must yeah. give way to the, to the love of God, Father God. I thank you that you're, the love of God that's been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit is being released in this nation like never before. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you, Father. And God, I thank you that you're raising up reformers. Lord, you're raising up reformers in this nation, Lord God. You're raising up reformers, Lord God, that will, oh, that will challenge the status quo, Lord God, that will not bow their knees to Baal in this hour, Father God, that, Lord God, will be faithful to your word, Father. We thank you for it, Lord. And, Father, I thank you that even in this house tonight, in those, Lord God, that are even watching, Father God, Lord, uh, online, Father, that there will be an increased intensity of groaning in our spirits, Father God. Lord God, that and that, Lord God, that we will cry aloud and spare not until the glory of God is restored and revealed in this nation and in your church, Lord God. We thank you for it, Father God. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Father God. We give you praise and honor, Father God, that you are remembering your word. You're remembering your covenants that you've made with generations past. And, it, and Lord God, we have come into the kingdom for such a time as this, that we will see your glory revealed, Father God, in this hour, in this time, in this place, in this nation. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. And I, I feel thank like you, we're the people who are interested in being that uh, undone, uh, challenged, complex church to stand up, because I just want to pray for you, uh, those who are looking to have that uh, heightened sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Uh, I just want to pray for you guys. I just believe that, um, you know, you're not here because you didn't have anything to do tonight. You're here because you want the fullness of God in your lives. That's why we come. We come together because we're looking for fullness. We're looking to grow with one another, grow from one another. So uh, I just want to release that. I, I, there is a, a tangibility that God wants all of us to have. That such a sensitivity and such a, uh, a fluidness between him and you. That it's just like the air you breathe. So, God, we're just releasing that heightened sensitivity in each of us, spirit to spirit.
spirit to spirit, just that heightened sensitivity. Heightened sensitivity. Yes, Jesus, thank you, God. Whispering in some of your ears, uh, just that little um, confirmation, uh, the Holy Spirit just touching somebody in a, a, in a way where you just know that it's the Spirit uh, confirming um, what he's saying to you, what's happening. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's get up. Let's get it Thank you, Holy Spirit. We all stand before you, God. We just thank you for that expanded sensitivity to you, to your spirit. That we will not only be able to see it, hear it, but we'll be able to smell it from 50 miles away. That we can just smell the move coming. We can discern the pattern of the wind blowing. That we can hear with such heightened sensitivity that it'll be as if you were standing in front of us speaking to us face to face. Whoa. Thank you so much for listening. For more podcasts like this and to connect with me, go to my website, cindy-stewart.com. And remember, you are the best investment you can make.